Hello, boys and girls. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. Uh, we really appreciate all of the downloads. We crossed a million or a month or so ago, but that's a big deal. It's a big deal. People are tuning in. Uh, it's looking like the quarantine's starting to end, so people are going back to work. That's always a good deal. But we do. We appreciate everybody that's listening, and we hope that everybody's uh, staying safe in these crazy times. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Look no further. Give us a call today. Talk to Jeff, 940-658-3172. Or stanfieldhunting.com or look us up on Facebook at Stanfield Hunting. It's hunt booking time. It's May now. Hunt season's going to be here before you know it. You need to get on the books. Books are open, Jeff. Yes, they are. Always, 24-7. Look us up, stanfieldhunting.com. Follow us on Instagram, stanfieldhuntingoutfitters.com. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. Get skinny. Get skinny. You want to have a successful 2020 season, 2020 hunting season? You need you some Dive Bomb. Go to divebombindustries.com. They're coming out with stuff left and right. They got floaters coming out in the not-too-distant future. Specs Hawks. Spec socks, well, they had those, but these spec socks have their heads up. They're constantly coming out with something new, something new to change the game. They're the best silhouette on the market. They're the best silhouette sock on the market. They're what we use, and so many outfitters across America have made the switch to silhouettes, and they're using Dive Bomb. DiveBombIndustries.com is the way to go for 2020. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. The, Only takes one. The hardest hitting shotgun shell out there right now. It's a culture. They've created a culture over there. All American made everything, every component that they put into these shotgun shells. Made right here in the USA, right up there in Michigan. They're doing a hell of a job. They're killing the game. BossShotShells.com is where you can find them. They'll ship right to your door. No big box stores, none of that stuff. Keeps the cost low. And it comes right to your door. You don't even have to get out of your underwear, which is a lot of people aren't doing that now that they're still under quarantine. They get up, stay in their underwear. So when you're surfing the web, go to BossShotShells.com. Get all your shotgun shells for this coming season. Also, if you're turkey hunting, I would highly recommend you get some Boss Tom in your life. Reach out there and get them. And we're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. The 2x4 blind the way to go. It's comfortable. It's roomy. You pack four people in there. It's got nice amenities. Got a little pocket for your coffee or water or whiskey, whatever you go, whatever you got going on there. I don't know, but the Lucky Duck two by four is the way to go. They've also got spinners. In case you didn't know that, Lucky Duck is known for their spinners. They're what we use. They run on a remote. You can put them out in the goose spread. Geese come in, they don't like the spinners, you can turn them off. Ducks start flying, you can turn them back on. Easy as that. LuckyDuck.com, or look them up on Instagram. Lucky Duck Premium Decoys on Instagram, I think's their handle. Good stuff. Good stuff. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. PacificCustomCalls.com. Uh, they've got some great turkey, de uh, turkey calls over there. Got some in right now. They're the mouth call that I use. Good stuff. Um... Their duck call, they've got a lesser goose call. It's really good. Uh, I mean, they've pretty much got it all. Big geese, little geese, ducks, turkeys. If you need if you need to call it in, I would look up Pacific Custom Calls 
get what you're going to need. Good guys over there, too. Real funny. Uh, we're also brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club. New to the podcast world. I think, what's their podcast? It's just Looking Glass Duck Club. The Looking Duck Glass Club. Duck Club. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to the great guys over there, Logan Pyatt and his buddy Rebel. Uh, they got a bourbon tasting weekly type of, type of episode. It's a lot of fun to listen to. So It's a man's podcast. <clears throat> it's a man's man's podcast. They've also got uh, sweet looking hoodies. I've talked about it before. Looking glass means a guy perched up shooting ducks and uh, got a scope on his gun. It's a fun little hoodie. Don't take it too seriously, but a lot of guys I see on Instagram are getting these hoodies. So you can uh, find them on Instagram, Looking Glass Duck Club, get you a sweet little hoodie. And then you can also listen to their podcast. Uh, it's Looking Glass Duck Club, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also brought to you by J2 Outdoors, maker of the J2 Ice Ripper. Don't let Mother Nature put a halt to your season anymore. Use the J2 Ice Ripper. Keep your honey hole open. Keep it from freezing over. Water is the water's king. Best best bait in the world. If you open don't water. have water, <coughs> if you don't have water, you got nothing at all. Ain't no waterfowl if you ain't got no water. Nope. Locks up, bird ship out. Don't let Mother Nature fuck you over anymore. Go to uh, get the J2 Ice Ripper. I think it's uh, j2outdoorsllc.com. You can get you one. They've also got a stimulus sale going on right now. Five fifty. Get Ship. you one of these ice rippers. I think that's right to your door. Shipping tax, everything, I believe. That's a hundred bucks off. Said it's going to be one of the best sales that they're going to do all year. So, if I was you, I'd jump all over it. J2outdoorsllc.com. Last but not least, my favorite sponsor that we got, William and Chris Wines. Don't let the quarantine blues get to you. Have you a nice bottle of Skeleton Key or any other type of wine. Uh, all Texas made. It's delicious. They can also ship to your door. If you look them up, williamandchriswines.com. All made there in high Texas. You can find them at Central Food. No, I fuck this up every time. Whole Food, Central Markets, all the fancy little restaurants, not Walmart, okay? You got to go to a high-dollar High dollar supermarket to find these things. But great wine pairs good with pretty much any occasion. WilliamandChrisWines.com. Also, look them up on Facebook because they do uh, virtual wine tasting. I think like once a week, twice a week. It's a lot of fun to watch if you're a wine guy. Uh, That is all of the sponsors. We made it through. This episode of the podcast, we're joined by Katie Verbois or Katie Verbois. She says that's how they're supposed to pronounce it, but nobody can seem to do it right. I don't know. It doesn't seem that difficult. So anyway, she's a, she's a waterfowl hunter from the great state of Louisiana. Killing ducks, speckle bellies, all in the rice, ponds. She got snakes in her blind, though. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not with that. So fun podcast. It's great to, uh, great to talk to a female, female waterfowl hunter. We need more of those in this industry. So uh, anyway, here she is. Katie Verboice.
All right. Three, two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. I'm Jeff Stanfield. And I'm Andy Shaver. And on the line with us today, we have Miss Katie Verboice from Walker, Louisiana. Katie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Did you have some storms and rain yesterday? Oh, man. It feels like it's been raining for a month straight. Well, we should send some of that to West Texas. We need some rain. <laughs> I know. I wish I could send some your way. I know you guys need it. We can, we always need rain in West Texas. We actually had a year last year where we did not need rain, or two years ago, but we damn sure need it now. So, Katie, oh, you, wow. are, you are the ultimate, can I call you a coon-ass chick, or was, is that offensive? No, that's, that's, that's acceptable down here, you know? Well, I had, a, I, had a, what we I had a guy from Louisiana hunting with us one time. A bunch of guy, a bunch of coon asses were here, and he, he said something. And I said, "I'm going to tell you right now." I said, "My favorite clients are coon asses, great people, blah blah blah." And he goes, "I take offense to that." I go, "Huh?" He goes, "I don't appreciate being called a coon ass." And every coon ass I know told me, he said, "Well, he ain't a real coon ass because no coon asses get offended by being called a coon ass." Yeah, it's expected. It's just kind of part of the territory when you're from here and you're raised here. Uh, you're used to it. Best food in the world. So you waterfowl yeah. hunt some, right? A little bit, I try. So what's your favorite thing to hunt? Ducks, geese, what are you doing? Um, I've gotten pretty good, pretty big into speckle bellies. Those are probably my favorite to hunt. Of course, we love hunting ducks, but they've seemed, they seem to be a little few and far between down here lately. So I've gotten really big into goose hunting, and I actually love it. Now, it's probably my favorite. You uh, hunting the specks on the rice fields down there? Mm-hmm. Yep, we do a lot of rice field hunting um, down here. Gaydon is kind of where I do most of my spec hunting. Um, with Sportsman's Charters, I have a good friend who runs that operation over there. So I've been blessed to be to be able to tag along with them for the last couple of years and kind of get acquainted acquainted with the sport and all the details of of that side of things. It's pretty neat. Now, do you uh, do y'all have any snows that come down there still, or is it mostly just speckle bellies? Um, we do actually get quite a bit of snows. That's really fun, too. We usually set up a couple times a year with, you know, a thousand spread of, uh, of the snows, and we get, we, we, we hammer them a couple times. It's just kind of hit or miss, depending on the time of the year and how things go, but we, we get to have a lot of fun with snows, too. Um, how about bands? You get, you get a lot of bands on those speckle bellies? That's usually what, uh, we, bird, banded bird we get here. Mm-hmm. We um we do see a few a year. Um, I know John gets to see more so because he lives there and he hunts. You know that's his day to day routine during season. Um, but I haven't physically shot a banded bird yet, so I'm excited to. I know some people go their whole lives and never shoot one, but yeah, that's always part of my prayer when I go out that morning is <laughs> give me a banded bird. You know. <laughs> now, do, you, do you call? I am learning. I started with a couple, I have a couple duck calls that I've started learning with. They say it's a little bit easier than, um, than going straight into specs. And we have some of your top world callers. So I know that when the time's right, I'll be able to learn from the best, but I am just now learning to work with those and they are fun. So, so you're running a duck call. Which duck call do you run? I have one that a friend of mine, Brad Eldridge made. He's up from North Louisiana. He made me a really nice wooden call. Um, that he sent me a couple months ago that I have been working with, 
And I have another friend, Drake Cross, who is around Ponchatoula area, and he actually made me one as well. Um, so those are the two that I have physically put my hands on and worked with, and they're um, they're pretty awesome. I like them. I don't. I haven't really gotten into any of the name brand calls. I like the homemade, you know, local people that I can get a hold of and try those out. The uh, the spec call, <clears throat> excuse me. The spec call is going to be uh, it's it's pretty tricky to get. So uh, just take That's it what I've one, heard. take it one step at a time. Um, Pacific actually makes a really good one. I'm sure that there's a ton of call makers down there that make speckle calls, but um, Pacific calls they their spec calls what I blow, and it's one of the easiest spec calls that I've ever uh, ever ran across. A lot of times you're having to put like a ton of air in it to get it to break over. Mm. With Pacific. Yep. It breaks over really easy, so I would highly recommend them whenever you uh, whenever awesome. you start yeah, looking the, for a speckle belly call. Yeah, the guys, most of the guys that I've um, been around down there are uh, big into rifling calls. That's kind of what they yep. have been leaning Rice, towards. Yeah, rifling call. Um, they're they're pretty big in the spec market. I've not blown their spec call, so I can't comment. Um, mm-hmm. I just know uh, in the past. It's always taken quite a bit of air to break a call over, and Ryslands might be easy too. I have no idea, but uh, yeah, I can just tell you what I know. I can just I can't wait till it sounds like something's not dying whenever you <laughs> blow through it. You know, it's, it's an art for sure. <laughs> it, it, it takes a while, and even when you get good at it, you're still going to hit a couple notes. Where you're like, "What the fuck was that?" Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. We we laugh about that in the bond all the time. <laughs> so when did you get started waterfowl hunting? I actually started in 2017. Um, I grew up in a family of really big hunters, and I actually grew up in North Texas. Where at? Um, in Fort Worth. I grew. I moved there when I was about nine with my mom and my stepdad at that time, and so I kind of got away from it. Um, fishing has always been a big deal to me, but I started dating a guy back in 2017 who was just ate up with duck hunting. Mm-hmm. They've had a camp. Um, across from Lake Mary on Foster's Lake since he was a little kid. And so um, naturally, of course, I wanted to do it because it had to do with the outdoors and I wanted to try it. So he actually got me into it and introduced me to it and I fell in love with it. And then um, shortly after that is when I got in touch with John and we decided to see what we could do if I could help them out. And he said he'd teach me everything he knew. So that's pretty much how it started for me. And now you're you're you send clients to John, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have um I work in the contractor industry. I work for um ISC, which is a specialty instrumentation and, and uh electrical contractor out of Baton Rouge. And so I've met a lot of people through my job and gotten him some good contacts of everybody I mean, everybody down here, if you have a, a business development department that's what they do. They take you hunting and fishing, you know, down here, there's not really much else to do. So, mm-hmm. um, I was able to give him some good contacts to help grow his business. And in return, those guys have to put up with me. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the deal. So how did you, yeah. uh, how did you make your way back to Louisiana? Was it a job? Was well, it, was it the boyfriend? What was it? Um, actually my mom, after my grandpa passed away, my parents moved back in 2007 here, and now that we live in Walker, um, but I stayed. I fought with it for a long time. It, Texas is a really hard place to leave. It's the people there. It's 
there's some similarities to Louisiana with your Southern hospitality. You know, everyone's just super nice. And it was really tough for me to leave. I uh, grew up working in the stockyards and I just had my friend base was there. You know, that was all I knew. So it was really hard. But uh, I moved back in 2008 and I stayed here for a couple years. I kind of flip-flopped for a few years. But this last time I moved home, I was ready to settle down, plant some roots, you know, hopefully build a family one day. And so I knew I just... I knew I needed to be around my family for that. I was kind of homesick. It's always good to go back home. And then three years ago, mm-hmm. three yep. years ago, uh, the, January 2017. How was your first hunt? What was it? Who I went. So my cousin is a dog trainer here in Louisiana, and he had been begging me to come out um, with them to come hunt wood ducks, and uh, and I didn't know anything about it you know i mean obviously i knew how to shoot guns i knew i love shotguns and i'd been acquainted with those but as far as the actual art of it i didn't know what i was getting into and we ended up in lake mary running down the river and those suckers are dive bombing through trees at 100 miles an hour and i was like how am i in the world am i gonna shoot one of these things i'm never gonna hit one i mean it was so much fun we're in a boat and we just kind of have a brush blind over the boat and um we're hitting up under some trees and there's we're butted up with another boat of his wild ass, real coon ass buddies that you can barely understand what they're saying <laughs> unless you kind of have a knack for it. And I mean, it is, it sounds like a war zone. And I mean, we're laughing, we're cutting up. And I knew from that day on, I was like, I'm getting into this. This is something I have to learn about. It was probably my most fun hunt to date. And I don't think I fired off a single shot one, just watching them and listening to them and, Kane was telling me, you know, explaining to me detail for detail on on what these birds would do and how they would fly in. And when I got one of them things in my hand and saw how beautiful they were, it just kind of, I don't know, I guess it comes with the territory of being down here. You kind of want to know where everyone comes from and what they do for fun. And that was really an awesome experience for me. It was fun. Wood ducks are a really beautiful bird. Cool. They are. They really are. They're probably one of my favorites. So so now you are you shooting bird now you're shooting birds. What's the first duck you killed? Man. For us it's setting up. No, no. Um what's the first bird you killed? You the first day oh, you said you didn't bird? shoot. Yep, what's the first duck you killed? The first bird I killed was actually a wood duck. Um we went out there again and we hunted again and I finally got me I finally got me one. I think I shot two that day. Um and then when I started dating the same year, that was the same year I started dating Aaron and, uh, he took me out to his camp and we shot some mallards and I think he shot a really nice pintail. There was a few different, there was a few different ducks he shot that day and I got to, you know, hold them in my hand and see them. And that's when it kind of kicked in for me, just that adrenaline rush, you know? So Aaron's the catalyst to get you into the duck hunting. Mm-hmm. Aaron was the catalyst to get you into waterfowl hunting then. It was his fault. It's all his fault, you know. And I'm very grateful. <laughs> I'm very grateful for for that part of our relationship for sure because he definitely opened me up, opened me up to a whole new world. I love it. Um, and now I saw on your uh, your Facebook page you've been out to West Texas. You've been on a couple of lesser hunts. So I mean, you're just oh, all over yeah. the place. Been such an awesome experience the last few years. It really has. We um. We lost my dad in December, and uh, unexpectedly, and I was just down and out. And I actually signed up to win a hunt, a 
a sandhill crane on um, Instagram, and I won it. And I asked John to come with me, and I was like, well, let's go ahead and book a truck with Cadillac Creek because a buddy of mine also books hunt for them, and he does social media, and we became good buddies. And I said, well, we got to book a trip with Cadillac. If we're going all the way up there, we got to do this. And uh, so we did. We booked one day with Cadillac, and we went three days with Premier Sandhills. Um, and we had a blast. I think Sandhill Crane Hunting is probably my favorite now. Well, that's Andy's, too. They sound like, <laughs> they are like huge pterodactyl. I mean, they sound so awesome. We have a video they made um, afterwards of our three-day hunt. They put a little a little collaboration together, I guess you could say, of a video, and it was so amazing. You get on a couple of shitty crane. You get on a couple of shitty crane, sandhill crane hunts, and it'll make you never want to fuck with them ever again. <laughs> oh really? Oh well, my goodness! Because like a bad day, a bad day goose or duck hunting, you still can you know you can play with them and you can make things happen. If a sandhill crane changes his mind and he's not playing today, he is not playing yeah. today, no matter what you do, and it is terrible. Oh, no. We actually, we, I think we limited out all three days within the first couple hours we were out there, and that's including setup. you got to set up from the ground up in peanut fields, and mm-hmm. actually, I won that trip from um, Chad Huff with Team Take'em, and I will never, that that trip happened at the perfect time for me, but those things, if you've never heard one, you just got to, you got to Google it and listen to them, man. They're so crazy. Yeah. Good Sandhill Crane Hunts, they're a lot of fun. Good Sandhill Crane Hunts. Up there. I'm with you. It's a lot of fun. They do it right. They land in the decoys. A bad one will uh it'll make you Maybe. curse it'll make you curse the Sandhill Crane gods. Make you wish that they were never even born. Make you wish that they were never I flying. Can't. It's I'm telling you. I'm glad we didn't experience that. Oh. I will say we had a dog, uh Louie is a really is a good friend of mine's dog that we get to hunt with all the time. I've never been more obsessed with a dog. He is, he is just my whole heart. And we took him up there, and, you know, they told us to get him the goggles and make sure he wears a vest because those things were pretty ferocious. And uh, I will never forget, we sent him out on a wounded one about 500 yards, and this sucker ran straight to this bird. And as soon as he got there, the thing hadn't moved in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we sent him out on it, and as soon as he got out, it looked like it was a foot from the bird. That sucker reared up with both of his wings, and Louie turned around and ran straight back to the blind. <laughs> he was like, I am not touching that crazy thing. <laughs> They're mean little bastards. I that, yeah, I heard that they'll, you know, kind of pluck your eyes out mm-hmm. at the dogs, that they can really harm a dog. So we were, we were pretty careful with that, but we ended up getting him on a few of them. He had fun. I yeah. think that was... Mean. To me, that's one of the biggest things. How old is your dog? He is six. Six years old. First time he'd seen a sandhill yep. crane, I bet. First time he had ever seen a sandhill crane, and he was a boss. I mean, that first one, it scared the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But after that, after he kind of, you know, figured out, figured out a way to grab a hold of him without them grabbing a hold of him i think he had a ball i mean he's a big lab too and those suckers look like they were dang near about his size yeah did you uh did you get to eat any of them i'm sure you did you're 
from, oh, man. from Louisiana. We went, yeah, there's not much we won't try, um, <laughs> at least once. Um, you name it, we probably have tried it. But <laughs> I have never in my life eaten a bird so good. It was almost like you were biting into a steak. It yeah. was just tender and soft, full of flavor. We just threw them on the grill. You just grilled them like a steak? Yep, we seasoned them up just like a steak and threw them on the grill and sliced them up in real thin pieces and went to town. It was amazing. Yeah, they're they're really really good, uh, really good to eat. Much better that, but I'm sure. Do you like ducks and geese? Do you like to eat those? Oh man, if you haven't had a speckled belly quesadilla, you are not living. Speckled belly quesadilla. I hadn't had that. What do you do? You just uh, slice it up, or do you grind it? So you put them in a crock. You just stick the whole bird. Uh, you stick the whole bird in a crock pot and you cook it down. Or um, you just slow cook them. And then as the meat gets tender, just like a chicken or whatever else, you can just shred the meat off of them. Um, season them however you want. We season them a lot like we do um, a steak or, you know, different meats, Worcestershire, different things like that. We have a cook at the lodge. Her name was Sarah, and she was phenomenal. So you shred all the meat off, and then you do your tortillas like normal, put your cheese in there, your peppers, your onions, different things like that, whatever you want. She actually makes breakfast quesadillas as well with eggs and then throws cheese on top and then puts them in a skillet and cuts them up. And you've never in your life had anything like it. You guys have to come down if you can one one weekend and uh, maybe do a hunt with us and we'll have to show you all a little bit about how we cook those birds up. They're amazing. John makes a really good teal. Um, it's like a rice and gravy. Basically, everything's rice down here. We eat rice with everything. Of but course. It's like a stew. And he puts the whole bird, you know, the whole bird in there. Probably 20 or 30 of them, and we all go to town. You can't cook for just one person in the state. you got to cook for 20. Oh, yeah, you got to cook for the whole town. I like uh, yeah. teal uh, poppers. Put a little bit of cream cheese, jalapeno. I know it's kind of boring. Wrap it in bacon, throw it on the grill. No, that's that's an all-time favorite. If you if you haven't, if you can't do those, those are, those are a, that's a normal thing for us, I'd say. Whether it's dove, whether it's teal, whether it's mallards you know whatever bird that's a delicacy here we love doing those it's a nice little appetizer cook like a steak oh, yeah. or something that night you throw these on serve them before yeah. everybody loves it everybody go home everybody goes poppers. home happy yeah that's what we do that's a that's pretty regular down here yeah um you got to deal with gators and shit down there well yeah <laughs> They don't bother us, though. Everybody, you know. That's what everybody says. I feel like you're lying to us. Everybody says that. I mean, my family has been big into gator hunting since I was was younger, so I get to enjoy that the whole month of September. Um, I've also been swimming in the river, and there's one 10 feet from me, you know, swimming across. I'm not going to lie. When you turn around and you see one next to you in the water, it's a little unnerving. Um, It kind of gets your heart pumping, but (laughs) you just... Mosey your way on out and get back in the boat and wait for it to pass. There's a gator attack that's few and far between here. But if they do, honestly, it's going to be at night. You know, they're not, they're pretty, they're pretty laid back creatures unless they're provoked. But yes, we hunt, we hunt gators. So we try to clear them out, especially in the places that we hunt where we know we may be in the water. We try to clear them out, you know, during season legally. Yeah, teal. I would be real worried. Teal season, early teal season would real. I'd be very, very mm-hmm. nervous about them. Yeah, in the rice fields, especially like so. The flood. The fields are a lot of them are flooded where we 
where we till hunt. We set up some blinds um, across the field, but there's a lot of a lot of water we have to go through during till season, usually because they're flooding. And uh, it's it can be a little unnerving, but we have I haven't actually seen I haven't seen but maybe two gators during till season that have come within a close vicinity of where we were. Um, in the marsh blinds, of course, but usually you you go out there by boat, you get into the blind. Um, and you get in the boat to go pick up your birds if you don't have a dog, you know? So it's, I guess it's just something, like I said, we're used to, so we don't really think about it. But people that don't know any better or haven't been around it, it freaks them out. Do, uh, do you worry about your dog during early teal season in the gators? Um, I think that is the main concern that I do have, especially about Louie, because He's not technically my dog. He's actually a good friend of mine, and we've been able to hunt him for the last three years. He's like, they call him my stepson. But um, that is something that scares me the most because we have had that happen. Um, not me physically, but I have had friends who've lost their dogs, um, unfortunately, to situations like that, and it's devastating. That would be a miserable trip. Yeah. It'd be a miserable phone call to your friend. Oh, yeah. Oof. God bless it. I wouldn't do it. I just—I don't know what I would do. I'd probably run away. <laughs> <laughs> Louie is now at the bottom of the uh, of the marsh. Mm. Yeah, oh, that, that is be... a phone call I would hope I never had to make. But he is such a hawk, man. I feel like—I mean, knock on wood. I hope nothing ever happens to him. But this dog is just—he's invincible, man. He's—he's he's a phenomenal hunting dog. He's not a dog to us. He's family. I mean, when he's at home, he's in the bed. He goes and runs all the neighbors' houses and hangs out with all the kids. I mean, he's just a phenomenal dog. I don't, I don't think I've ever met a dog like him. He's now, great. so he lives with y'all permanently, twelve months out of the year, or just during hunting season. So during hunting season, I go pick him up um, from my friend Philip in early September. We bring him out there for chill season, and then he stays out there during chill season at the camp. And then I'll go out there if I'm not out there every weekend. I go out there the last weekend. Um, of season, I'll pick him up and bring him home, and he'll get to stay at home for what is it? A couple months? No, a couple months, a few weeks. I think they're finally moving back duck season a little bit this year, so it'll help us out. So he'll be home for about a month or so, and then I'll go get him again if if Philip doesn't come out there and hunt open weekend, and he'll stay through the season most of the time. And then he's back uh, back with his owner for the off season. Yep. Yep. How is that? Yeah. What's that like? That's got to be kind of weird handing uh, handing this this dog back over to his owners. He is he is so uh, I can get him. I can go get him, and I see him. I see him through the off season a whole bunch because you know his owner and I are good friends. But um, I think for John because he also um, he's also a charter captain, and he has gone most of the summer fishing. Um, I think for him it's probably a breath of fresh air because he doesn't have a mouth to have to worry about feeding. <laughs> um, but for me, for me, for me, it's nice to see the dog to be able to go back home and have a normal home life. I mean, because it's our Louis spoiled. I mean, like I said, he sleeps in the bed. He is he's on top of his game. He's rotten at home. He's like a child. So it's nice to be able to see them to go home because they work hard. They have a long season, and sure. he hunts every single day. He doesn't have an off day normally unless. You know the weather's so bad, or you know something inhab- you know inhabits any of us. Because if John doesn't use him, one of our other guys will use him. You know, so he. Uh, 
I'm sure he likes the break. <laughs> I'm sure. And they they deserve it after a while. Any, oh, uh, man. But but so far, no close encounters with gators. What about water moccasins when you're out there? Oh, man, those things. Those are, those are the worst. Um, out there, we get snakes in the ponds all the time. Ooh, and I'm that. lucky for me, I'm not scared of snakes. Oh, um, I'm petrified of them. Uh-huh. I know a lot of people who are. And they don't, we've had, I probably had four or five different instances where we ran into run into the blind and you got a snake in there. We've had gators in the pit. We've had we've had geese <laughs> sleeping in pits when we walked in. I mean, you name it. Snakes usually I've seen small ones, um that haven't really been aggressive. They're more scared of you than you are them. So Bullshit. we just hunted with them at the corner. Bullshit. And just I've never scared. seen a snake piss himself whenever I stumbled upon it. Me on the other hand <laughs> Seen it plenty of times. <laughs> I'm petrified of them. Petrified. I have, I have a group of girls that come out to the camp a lot, and they hunt. We like. I love hunting with other girls. I love learning from them. There's so many experienced hunters in the state that God, they know way more than I'll ever know, and I love being around them. But you get them all in a pit blind, and you see a snake, and it is insanity in an instant. But we've been, we've been. I've been pretty lucky physically. I've only seen a few, and like I said, you just leave them in the corner of the pit, and they're not going anywhere. What? You're not. You're not. They're just. You're not taking them out. You're hunting with them all day. Yeah, I'm no. not. I'm not touching them. I don't have to. No. Hell I'm just no. worried about them trying to get into my boot. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's why we take them out of the uh, take them out of the pit. Oh yeah. Only once you get in there, you know, you really can't make a whole lot of commotion unless you get a lull where it's just kind of a dead spot, but. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm getting my ass and getting that snake out of there. there I don't give a shit if it's a banded <laughs> mallard at front. I am not sitting in a box with a damn snake. Hell no. We have, we have some pretty good videos of people that I'm just, I don't know. I guess I'm just not really, unless I feel like they're a, a harm to me or they're uncomfortable and they're ferocious, I'm going to leave them where they are Hell if no. I don't have to get them out. So this is, you're talking about like a, you're talking about a water moccasin, right? Like you're not talking about like a garter snake or something. Like you're talking about something that if it bites you, you're going to the hospital. Well, if I knew that, if I knew that it was a, a harmful snake like that, yeah, we'd, we'd be filing out for sure. But the ones that I've come encounter with have maybe been a couple feet long and they're small snakes and I'm, I'm not an ID long. person. I can't really. A couple feet really long, that's not small at all. No, yeah. They're just, I mean, they're, they're not any bigger around. They're smaller than a water hose, you know? That's a big, that's a big snake. I'm not, I'm do, not. They, do they have two teeth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, those don't bother me. I haven't, if I went and started yelping in a blind with a bunch of guys, they would kick me out of there. You've got to learn. Not you got to learn to pick, your, pick bull, your battles. Bullshit. If a damn snake's in the <laughs> blind, there ain't nobody. You can't tell me that every guy in that blind is okay with that snake being there. I know I'm not the only chicken shit when it comes to snake. All the guys are just hunting in it, hunting with the snake. They're cool with it. As long as it's on our end of the blind. And the two the two or three snakes I saw this season were on our end of the blind in the corner, and they weren't, they weren't really worried about it. But like I said, it's another thing like gators. Snakes are expected here, you know? And as long as they're not I mean, I'm 5'4", so I'm not super tall, so I usually sit on the bench anyway. I squat down on the bench because when I try to stand up, some of those pits are pretty deep. Mm-hmm. And if that snake's on the ground oh, and it's shit. not trying to climb the wall, mm. I feel sick. 
I wouldn't fucking hunt there for shit. I'm telling you right now, that'd be the end of my trip. I'd go back home. And then for you to say if there's a lull in the action, screw that shit. There ain't a lull enough. I, I, We're making a lull hell, to get rid of this snake. Be out of that fucking snake. I'll be out yeah. of pit in a heartbeat. First of all, first thing I'd do if I went down there and hunted is I'd get a light and I'd look through the whole freaking pit. Yes. If that pit's open to nature and shit, I probably ain't getting my ass in it. I'm getting in a boat. I'm just glad... I'm just glad I'm not the one who found the gator. I mean, that was pretty exciting from what I heard. I wasn't there that day, but I've gotten in a blind and found a speck sleeping on the bench. <laughs> what do you do with that? It's almost like you feel so guilty, you just got to throw it up in the air and let it go and give it a chance, you know? But then sometimes that's, that's you know, kind of a blessing, So What do you do? You just wring its neck and start with the day with one bitch, you know? We've done, that bef- we've done that before. Yes, we do. Start oh, with yeah. one. We're, yeah. I mean, you have. We almost caught one in uh in Amarillo this past season when we went and hunted those lessers with Cadillac, we had about two inches between a foot and a hand grabbing a hold of one. That was pretty fun. Did you hunt with Chance's little coon ass? Of course. Um, Chance and then um, there's Zach. Zach Gassy. He is a mess. I don't know if y'all have met him or talked to him. Chance is a wild one, too. His cousin's coming with us this season. We have a trip booked in January. Chance, Chance, uh, I don't know if he worked here. He hung out here for about a month one time. He's a good kid. I like Chance. Chance is a good kid. Very polite young oh, man. Very nice kid. He is a great representative for the state of Louisiana. He's a good kid. Oh, man. I agree. I agree. That whole crew, that whole crew up there, I mean, you know, hunting's not cheap, obviously. No matter which way you look at it, whether if you have land or you don't, whether if you have, um, you know, Everything you need to hunt, whether it's decoys and everything else, it's still expensive. And so, for us, it's just fun sometimes to pick up and go somewhere, so we don't so we don't have to worry about all of the overhead of a camp and booking trips. So it was nice for me and John to get away and go experience it with somebody else and kind of get some insight on how they do things. And and Toby and those guys, they're wild. I mean, you know, Toby's tattooed from head to toe, and then he's got a big old Bible verse slapped on the back of his trailer you know so looks can be deceiving they're a really awesome awesome group of guys to be around um same with us um all our kids at sportsman charters they're all young guys in their early 20s and they are they're hauling butt saturday night to get ready and sunday morning as soon as they get done hunting if they have time they're hauling butt back to lake charles to go to church with their families you know it's really nice to have such a humble selfless group of people to hang out with you know to learn from so um, you've been to West Texas. Have you been uh, any other destinations that uh, that you went to in uh, in the three years that you've been waterfowl hunting? Uh, let's see. Most of my waterfowl hunting, I have stayed in the state of Louisiana. Um, I've been to some pretty cool places: Amarillo, West Texas. Um, I'm planning on going to Missouri this year with my brother. He's got some friends up there. He gets to go hunt with um i was supposed to go last season but some events got in the way of that but so i know that's on the list this year um but that's down lake charles most of my hunting's been in the state um what uh any any plans to like go off you know like north dakota or, or yep. canada saskatchewan uh, you got anything like that that's uh Man, that's in the plan. Canada is definitely bucket list for sure. I definitely want to experience that. Um, I want to go to Mexico. I hear they have a pretty fun. Um, I hear they have some pretty good waterfowl hunting over there. 
on the coast. Um, like I said, I think we're going to Missouri this year. Kansas is supposed to, we're supposed to be going to Kansas, I think in November. Those are my two for this year, Missouri, Kansas, and then Texas. We'll go to Amarillo again. Um, Cadillac just opened a location in Arkansas too. So I'm hoping since that's just a hop, skip and jump, we might be able to make that one this year. Yeah, that'll be I cool. think Canada. Yeah, I think we're going to do Canada probably to 2020. You're going to do Canada what? We're going to try to do Canada in 2020. We'll give it one more season. I want to just make sure that I'm... 2020, actually. 2022, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was about to say, you're going to be going up there in a couple months if you're doing it in 2020. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, brain fart. Um, (laughs) It's okay. Yeah, I just want to get a little more acquainted and really learn how to work my calls and be sufficient. I think that's the most important thing to me is not having to rely on other people. I want to be able to walk into a blind, set up my decoys and my spread just how I'm supposed to, you know, be fully sufficient, whether it's getting out there by boat, um, learning how to call. You know, I just want to be prepared before I take any really crazy trips like that, you know, because a lot of them are self-guided. Yeah, for sure. Um, when you're hunting in Louisiana, what, uh, y'all putting out big spreads or what are y'all, uh, what's an average size spread that you're running? An average size spread. So last season we put out a whole lot more. So some of our blinds, you get birds, you get ducks and geese in. And so depending on where the blind is and what kind of field it is, whether it's flooded, whether it's dry, we do things differently. Um, this year we actually set up with a lot less. We would use maybe six or seven behind us and then maybe just two or three in front of us across uh, the levee. And that seemed to work a lot better for us this year. And I remember last year we put out a whole lot more. It just seemed like sometimes it would be so much that it would kind of, you know, deter them from, from coming over our way. And they'd land in a field next to us that didn't have any decoys in them, you know. It was just, I know every season's different, but the teal... During chill season and big ducks, you can put a few specks in there and they'll still come in. But if you put any mojos or anything like that, anything moving, they're not coming anywhere near you. It's they're finicky here. For teal, for for teal season. Did you say for teal probably, season they don't like the uh, they don't like the spinners and the motion? The during goose season. Oh, so, okay. So if you want, we have some blinds, like I said, that will pull in ducks and geese. Um, They'll pull in specks and they'll pull in some mallards and some grays. We've shot both, you know, out of one blind, and that's no big deal. But it was one blind that actually produced that all season for us. But we found that if we put a duck spread out, we put, say, 25 or 30, you know, teal and mallards, different, different species of ducks, and then you put a mojo in there, mm-hmm. no geese would but if you just turn the mojo off and leave it, we'd have geese and ducks both flying in. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, geese do not like uh, any 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 kind of uh, spinning thing. Yeah. We use uh, we use lucky ducks, and they come mm-hmm. with a, they come with a remote. And then whenever yeah. you have geese working, you can just flip it off. And then when the ducks come, you can just flip it back on. Makes it real handy. But yeah, that's exactly what we did. Yeah, that's exactly what we did. But you run into a time of year where even the ducks don't like. Uh, they kind of get spinner shy so you gotta you gotta be smart with those two what do you, what's everybody what's everybody down there thinking about 
where your ducks are at. You have a lot of guys, I'm sure, complaining about the duck season y'all are having down there. What's, what's your opinion on that? Oh, man. Honestly, I have no idea what's going on. We It's like we can see – we obviously follow them, you know, during their migration when they're coming down south. And it's like they stop, you know, in Arkansas and those middle states. And I feel like we don't get half the ducks that we used to. And it's not – it's not – you know, people say, oh, we don't get ducks, we don't get ducks. But, I mean – the population of ducks here is few and far between compared to what it has been in the past. It really has so slowed down a lot. What uh, what what is everybody that you hunt with? What do they think the uh, culprit is? Oh man, you hear the heated ponds arguments. You know, you hear that all the time. But I think our waterways. To me, it's our waterways that have caused a lot of it. You know, a lot of our marshes has gone under and a lot of those you know bedding grounds that they've had in the past are no longer there and the state is working really hard to try to bring to bring those marshlands back and to get them healthy again but i think a lot of it has to do with that unless everyone in america is just going to the center states and that's where they're shooting and they just don't make it down here you know we're just dying on the way (laughs) um what do you when you say that these marshes have gone under what do you mean by that well, a lot of the hurricanes that have come through um, and the barges, different, different, there's so many different contributing factors to our marshlands being going under, like sinking, they're dissipating, um, they're not as healthy as they were, the salt water's coming farther and farther in, in the mainland, and it's killing a lot of our, um, a lot of our livelihood as far as like grass and trees and mm-hmm. different things like that um katrina really was a big a big a big deal for the state of louisiana um and ripping up you know ripping up a lot of that vegetation that those those animals need for reproduction for food you know different things like that they're trying to there's so many different awesome things they have going on to try to um What's the word I'm looking for? You know, kind of bring that back Restore. and get it healthy again. Yeah. What are yeah, they, who's, who's doing this? Is it DU? Is it Delta? What are they doing? Um, honestly, there's a place in Baton Rouge um, that works with the wildlife and fisheries that you can go to to see. Um, they have a big, like, live, it's a balcony go walk on. I'm trying to think of the place. Y'all are, I'm drawing a blank. But I've been there, and it talks about the waterways and how they're trying to um, restore everything and, and bring it back. Wildlife and fisheries are pretty big in it. There's videos that I get to watch all the time, like on Facebook and different things like that, that, that show you, um, what they're doing. I know that, you know, Dust Unlimited has their hand in it. I know that, I know that a lot of different organizations are trying to help, you know, donate money and they're trying to redo our waterways down here to bring it all back. Um, I'm having, I'm drawing a blank on that. I'll have to think about that and get back with you on that. You know, another thing, um, because we had the Flyway Federation fellow on, and mm-hmm. uh, I got, we, we got real deep into kind of what could be contributing to it. And I learned that the rice in Louisiana, they're planting half of the rice that they used to when all these ducks used to come. And uh, mm-hmm. whenever you start taking away food, you're, you know, I think that you're going to start seeing a change in the amount of ducks that come down. Plus, it, you're not, it's not getting cold like it used to. 
No, yeah, that is another thing. They're planting a lot of sugar cane, yep. I think now. Yeah, you're, you, you, I believe uh, in in my research, what what, uh, and this was over a year ago, but Louisiana is planting more sugar cane now. They're getting away from rice and they're planting more sugar cane. So mm-hmm. um, you're not seeing as much food, and it's just not getting cold up north. It's not staying cold up north. They're not getting snow like mm-hmm. they used to. Food food is the main driving factor in geese and ducks moving. And when you cover up food, they got to move. You're not seeing oh, uh, yeah. you're not seeing foot or two of snow up north like you used to. And I think uh, I think you put everything together, and it makes for kind of an ugly combination for people at the end of the flyway. Yeah, I agree with that very much. So um, that's crazy. Also, because you're you know all the rice. I'm not saying all the rice in the entire state, obviously, but Gaydon is known for their rice that's Mm -hmm. what that whole town that whole area is known for and so for them to see a huge drop in that area in ducks in general is huge so that's all it is there so do so is there as much rice uh in this town as there used to be they still planting as much rice Uh, as far as probably 10 years ago when that's all people did there no probably not i wouldn't say so I would, I would think that you're accurate in that. Yeah. In and, that. and I mean, you know, this is just what, this is research that I, you know, this is stuff that I just read about. I've not been there and seen it firsthand. So, I mean, if, if you saw something else firsthand, you know, that would be interesting to, uh, to oh, know yeah. about. No, I agree. Um, we hunt a lot of farmland and, you know, our, the, a blind that my brother leases from John, they didn't plant it all season. So I, I, I can agree with you. There's a lot of there's a lot of things going on down here that are that are different, and I agree with you. The food source is obviously the most important, um, and I can see a, a lack in that. Yeah, for sure. So you got uh, what are you doing right now? You, are you? Uh, it's May, so is next up. I guess that's going to be dove season. You do any fishing that uh, that uh, you got any fishing trips planned out? Yep. Um, that's pretty much all we do all summer. And since this whole COVID thing has been going on, I have not actually missed out on two trips that, uh, was supposed to go on, um, last month, but it is just kicking off for everybody down here. They're starting to open the state up a little bit and, uh, hopefully we don't see a rise in cases and we can all get back to normal. But yes, fishing is my first love actually. Um, so we get to do a lot of that. Yep. That's that's where it all began for me in the outdoors. How in the hell fishing can be bad for your health? I have no idea. Middle of a lake by yourself or with two (laughs) other people on a boat, and we want to shut that down. But but then you can stop at Walmart, and there can be 150 fucking people, elbows and assholes. Makes no sense. Oh, my gosh. No, you're exactly right. And it's so crazy because all the grocery stores are packed 24-7. Like, what could you people need? I mean... (laughs) All you have to do is go to the grocery store. Yeah. It's kind of like all the toilet paper. I don't know what the hell them people are eating to have to wipe their ass that much, but God, there's got to be some chapped asses all around. We have laughed so much about that because we still don't understand what happened. <laughs> the, the only thing up with is maybe the manufacturers were having a hard time getting it here, and so people were panicking. I don't really know. Uh, but they were out for months. I mean, the last two months, you if there was a roll of toilet paper on on the aisle, somebody was fighting over it. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to see toilet paper come back here. Do y'all have toilet paper there? Yeah, we finally, finally. do have toilet paper here. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm it like, was wild. I, and, and we went to Walmart one time, and, like, we actually needed toilet paper. Like, we were about to be out, and we're like, you know, I don't want these people to think that we're 
one of these weird people that are just stocking up on toilet paper. But like we actually, when we checked out, we told the cashier, like, listen, we actually needed this toilet paper. Okay. So don't judge us. We're not one of them. We're almost out at the house yeah. and it's about to be a real shitty situation if we don't get this. We so. had the good stuff at the house. I used it yesterday and I was like, wow, this got padded. I never did notice how good toilet paper was till we had to buy some of that cheap shit a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. That's exactly what we're going through right now. Oh. I was literally like, what? it feels like you're wiping with a piece of paper. We need the good stuff. Yeah, we had the pillowy, quilted, whatever the hell it was. And well, you could damn sure yeah. make a difference. I feel like doing that damn little jig. My hiney's clean that the damn bear does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes we know well how that goes yeah well katie we uh we appreciate your time it sounds like you got a lot to look forward to uh in your waterfowl hunting adventures it sounds like you're really just getting started and we cannot wait to see uh where all of your adventures take you to and i'm i'm very appreciative of you guys for including me in this um it was an honor for sure and i'm I know it sounds cliche to say, but I've <clears throat> excuse me. I've been very blessed to have met the people that I've met in just my short time, and I'm so excited to see where it goes um, through this process. I'm I'm very excited just to be able to go out there and bring home your meals and and feed your family is just the most amazing feeling in the world, and I'm excited to know more about it. Well, you got you got some uh, incredible destinations this winter, so uh, we're we're excited for you. Works yeah, we'll have you. to keep you guys and uh, keep y'all updated on how things go. Absolutely. We appreciate we love it. That. Be bl- safe out there. Keep washing your hands and go get that premium toilet paper. <laughs> yes, sir. Y'all too. Stay <laughs> right. out of trouble. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Bye, Katie. Little female hunter. We haven't had Remy them on. She hunts. People she's with are hunters, and that's good to see. It is. We're seeing a lot more young ladies hunting than we used to. A lot more. That's good. It's good for the sport. We need Damn. more and more young people. Period. Be, getting involved. It's great. We need more of that. And she comes from that outdoors rich southern Louisiana environment where everybody hunts and fishes. Them people right there, God's I'm going to tell you what, you shut the country down, them fuckers ain't going to starve. No, they'll be fine. Yeah. Might miss out on some toilet paper, but they'll be fine. I'm telling Not you. Not going to go hungry. The quilted shit is like wiping your ass with a pillowcase compared yeah. to that other stuff. Yeah. Oh, I know. Boy, there's some cheap shit out there, too. <laughs> Single <laughs> ply. Oh. I just I never knew the difference anyways. We just always buy. You probably bitched at mom for buying the, no, I didn't the never, premium brand. I don't even know how much fucking premium. I wouldn't know the difference. I don't know. I don't price check shit. You tell me right now, if you said, Jeff, toilet paper costs $10 or it costs $3, I couldn't tell you. What, I have. What do you mean? I don't know how much toilet paper costs. So I wouldn't know. I just, I never oh, buy I any, don't know how much toilet paper costs. I don't buy anything generic. Nothing. And I always buy the premium brand shit, and I'm probably a lot of times the same shit. My dad used to buy fucking generic peanut butter. There's nothing nastier in the world than fucking generic peanut butter. Oh, no. I've never had generic peanut butter. Well, you'd only have it once if you did, probably. There's a real big difference in peanut butter? Peanut butter's not great. I could tell the difference. I like peanut butter. Jeff peanut butter's really good. I don't mind peanut butter, but I just, it's not this, it's not anything that's... When you get seems the, like when, a special recipe. I when think you get it's the pretty gen- straightforward. When you get the generic one, it is. What was what was it? Jeff? No, it was just like peanut butter is what it said on it. In <laughs> white and black, peanut, peanut butter. butter. <laughs> it was not very good. I'm like, God dang, Dad, what is it? Well, God damn, it's only 69 cents. Well, fuck, I'll give you two more dollars by the Jeff. Yeah. But I, I'm not a price checker on anything. I couldn't tell you. I don't look at gas before I pull into a deal. I get gas. You don't? 
No. Really? Mm-mm. Well, I do. I never do. I just go buy gas. If I need gas, why, it ain't going to do no fucking but, good. If but, I need gas, got a better guy. But I know where, like, we go to Wichita Falls, and I know where the cheap gas is. It's just right, it's where it's right across from Home Depot. In Murphy's. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Walmart. So that's where deal. I stop anyway. Yeah. But I, I. But it's just, it's right on our. I used Home to buy Depot. Shell all the time. Oh, they're fucking, they'll price gouge you. Are they? Well, that's where I usually go to. They'll price gouge you. I don't even look. I just be like, hey, if you see a shell, shell stop. But anyways, but that's why I do everything. I I mean, if I'm on a trip and I need gas, I'll stop. But like if I'm going to Wichita Falls where I know where the gas is, that's where I go. But I am a, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm a brand shopper. So if Michelle sends me to buy stuff, I get it. I don't buy generic nothing. Generic colas or or diet sodas. Like I drink diet root beer that's fucking AMP or whatever it is. Or generic foods or whatever it is that they're not they're just not bad, but I don't I'm just not a I don't I'm I I just buy I don't look at prices on nothing I can tell you this much if your mom goes in a fucking Target it costs four hundred dollars <laughs> I don't give a fuck what she buys it's four hundred freaking dollars I don't know what it is but when she walks in I can feel four hundred dollars go right out of our account <laughs> so she walks through the door and it, it and it don't matter where we are we stopped at fucking Target in New York or somewhere four hundred bucks. Every time, but she never spends more than four hundred. More than never, more four hundred eighty. It's between four hundred and four eighty. Well, that's good. Well, it'd be nice if she could spend like sixty bucks. That's why single men have so much fucking money. <laughs> they don't have a wife, and that's just. And, and now it's grandkids that are expensive. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, I bought a bike for your son last night. Why? Because he needs one. It's too small. I know. We were gonna go to. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna. We're next gonna. time we go anywhere, we're gonna have him pick out his own bike. Well, I picked one out for him last night. Is it going to fit? Because this is how we're it's in the situation this, that we're it's, in. It's the size of Dylan's bike. Because we bought It'll a bike. It'll last for about two years. We bought a bike online, and it got here, and it was mini-me bike. Well, yeah. I saw it. and he, So I, I saw him, and I thought, poor fucking boy. Damn, he's going to fucking wear his legs out fucking trying to <laughs> ride that thing. So Yeah, we were going to get a bike next time we went anywhere. We so, were going to let him pick out his own bike. Oh, well, I bought him one. So you can get him another one then. And he can keep one at our house and one at your house. I don't care. That'll work. But anyways, I bought him a bike last night. But I didn't. I just went and got him something. But I'm not a price shopper. I saw something that he thought he would need and like, and that's what I got. You get to put the motherfucker together, though. I hate putting shit together. That's why we were going to go where it was already I put together. I buy stuff and that's Throw exactly that what in there. Well, I'm going to give you this one to put together for him. That way I don't have to do it. Something about picking out your bike. It's yours. It's like your first set of wheels. Well, he's got a first set of bike. This is his second bike. Well, I mean, it's like something that you get to pick out. Hey, trust me. If Judge bought it, he'll like it. We'll see. I just hope it's not a mini-me bike because we were pretty disappointed No, no, no. I saw the. Bike. I looked at this. Dylan's bike was a 16 or 18-inch bike. That's a 12-inch bike y'all got. I don't know. We did not look at it. We just saw the picture of like a four-year, four or five-year-old kid on a bike, and we're like, hey, that's what we're going to get. Got it. Was not right. No. He needs a bigger bike, so I'm going to get him a bike, which I already did, so you get to put it together, though. Hmm. And y'all got that stupid rule where if I buy him something, he can't take, can't take it home. He has to leave it at our house. Yep. We don't need We got more fucking toys at our house now. That's than how we, we feel. We've kids. got more shit at our house. We don't need it anymore. You have kids. So- so quit, they got enough shit to play with. You have kids. They've got enough stuff. Then why do they always want new shit? Every kid wants new shit. Well, play with your old shit or grand, keep it at Judge's as house. As a grandparent, that's what you're supposed to do. Well, we got a house full of shit. We have okay, no kids. Our house looks it. like a daycare center. So does ours. You have kids. That's what's that, supposed that, to happen. But that's fine. They can play with the shit that they've got. They don't need new shit. Oh. So anyways, that's life in the range with the Stanfield house. Hope everybody's okay in this corona shit. Looks like we're opening back up. I read today that there are... 28 red states 
open and 22 blue states close. I don't know how factual that is, but if that's not political, then you can kiss my ass because that's about as political as you can get. I don't know why any state is not open part-time. I can see areas. I understand why New York City is still on lockdown, but the people in upstate New York, my God, let those people out. Free New York State. Now, I feel sorry for the people up there. Northern Minnesota, all these places. Yeah. You know, the areas where the ghettos are, it's bad. Everywhere else, it's good. Let everybody else go back to fucking work, start making money. We're Americans. We want to work. We want to make money. And we want to spend money. That's what makes this thing go around. We're fixing to see an ugly election cycle coming in front of us. I don't think so. Oh, it's going to be brutal. Who? Oh, it's going to be all kinds of shit come out. You watch. The, first of all, the Democrats don't have shit on Trump or they'd have done it four years ago. Exactly. So but, I don't understand why you're oh, saying it's going to be gonna, ugly. It's going to be just. What are they going to do? The every, corona? I'm, I'm talking about everything from the Senate, the House, everything. We are going to oh, all be so oh, sick oh, of oh, fucking oh, politics oh. by the first You're not just talking about the presidential no, election. Everything. I don't think the presidential election is going to get that ugly. I think it's going to be kind of straightforward of Trump pounding on Biden. Well, Obama's trying to be in the middle of it now all the time. He had his four years. Eight years. Eight years, and he's done. Go live off. I, I He looks horrible, too. Really? Oh, fuck, he's aged tremendous. I have not watched. Since we cut the cord on Dish, uh-huh. I have not watched regular cable. Netflix, anytime that I get to watch TV, I'm watching a Netflix series. Well, you got a lot of catching up to do. That's How's that high-speed internet working for you? They called last night at 8 o'clock, and I'm like, I'm not fucking dealing with you. It's Sunday. My people ain't called me once. Well, yours is working. Yeah, at 98.5. These people are listening to us. I got speeds of 250. They're like <laughs> poor bastards. Peasants. But 98.5. What's yours running at? About 2? No, I checked it this morning. It was like uh, 14. Are you going to switch over to mine? I don't. It depends on uh, what, what, what happens with this... Uh, Unplug it for 30 seconds. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Plug it back in. <laughs> Nothing pisses me off. First of all, you talk to some motherfucker in India. No, they, they're actually, oh. they're out of Amarillo, so I can understand them. Let and ta- I think it's like 24 hours they're there. Let me tell you something. I got I'd hail damage on my pickup chase another day. Took my phone and had to go all over it and send them and do it like a, a Facebook Live. They looked at my truck, went down through everything with it, and within an hour they called me, hey, we're going to cut you a check. I still hadn't got my check. Going to deposit it, be there, be there in 10 minutes. Yeah. I said, well, I want to send it from my personal account and not my business account. My business account pays for my insurance. My personal account, my truck's in my name, so that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So just so I don't have to fucking write me a check off from one account. It would have been a lot easier. I wish now I just wouldn't done with, didn't let them send it to where I pay the bill from. Still waiting on the check. Still waiting. Still waiting. So I called the other day, and I talked to a bitch in Korea or somewhere. Mm. Couldn't understand a fucking thing she's saying. Horrible. So I said, Click, and then I called my insurance agent. I said, hey, this is getting to be a problem. And I still haven't. And I just checked a minute ago, and it wasn't in there today. Jeff's going to be chewing some ass. Nah, I did. Well, I called the lady. She's not. It's not her fault. She didn't work for the insurance company. It's fucking the insurance. It's all state. They don't want to do adjusters no more. Right. They want to cut that out. The system that they're using would be perfect if they'd get you pay you. Yeah. And I think they will. All right, anything else going on? Nope. Um, I had something else to tell, an announcement. I don't know what the fuck it was. I guess it wasn't very important. Anyway, that's all I got. All right, everybody, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. See you later.